Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils. Beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft when on my couch I lie, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills, and dances with the daffodils. Well, that was Tom Moriarty, David, and um, a little bit of Wordsworth, just to uh, get this podcast up and up and running in um, time-honoured fashion. Sometimes when I, you know, when we set up a, a podcast, we decide to pod, and we, you know, kind of arrange mm. for a Zoom link and all that sort of thing. We, yeah, I, I occasionally loosely draw up an agenda, don't I? Yeah, what do you call it? It's got a technical term. Uh, running order agenda. Running order. That's it. Running yeah. order. Yeah, a running yeah. order. And I yeah, kind you of normally want- do. You're, you're very good at that. You normally do have a, a very. Uh, sometimes it can be quite accurate, and it, it creates a blueprint for for what we're going to do. Um, yet, just by the very nature of our podcast, we tend to stray off running order quite often. But today we don't have any running order. No. It was. Um, I think that last the last episode. I think. <laughs> I th- I think we spoke for seventeen minutes before we had the opening, <laughs> the opening title. Um, I can't remember what sort of alleyways and avenues we ran down last time, but it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty mad. Um, um, but no, this time, this time, nothing really, except to say, um, this is you know, this recording. Is- <laughs> that's, the, like, that's the that's the best ever start to a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody comes in and it's like, oh uh, yeah, no, I actually got nothing planned for this one. We got, don't know what the subject's going to be. Uh, just uh, ride the wave. <laughs> See I think it it's goes. the way. Oh, I just think it's the way Nando's want it to be. I mean, you know, they've not. Uh, they've not said as much. You know, we've not had. I don't think we've had any direct communication. You know, from their marketing people per se. But that's very much in no. Nando's style, isn't it? They're they're laid back. They're enigmatic. They go with the flow. 
you know, almost to the point of being non-communicative somehow. But what they're doing, I think, in doing that is allowing us the space just to, you know, just just to let us let us run with it, letting us run with it. You know, exactly. they're, they're, they're giving you the opportunity to to own run, this this relationship. And, run, um, run around like headless chickens are waiting to be, well, headless chickens that have just been slaughtered. Uh, p- and about perhaps, to be cooked and beautiful, beautifully. Perhaps, perhaps to be marinated <laughs> in a peri-peri sauce. Uh, and, then, um, and then likely, you know, well, according to your taste, you can have it either well done, medium or kind of, you know, um, but grilled. Can you remember that? Can you remember that time? Because um, I got a friend here in Girona whose family um, they they have an abattoir. There's no, no way of going around it. And and I remember I said to you, I think I got to get this number right because I'm not sure, but I think how they many kill chickens a lot of chickens kill. a day. Yeah. And it's like uh, thirty thousand chickens a day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's yeah, not good is it? I well, it's just. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's just one place. I think they've got a few across Spain, but still, yeah, it just puts in perspective. That's a yeah. But you know, there's an awful lot of humans and do. a lot of appetites to. And I, I, I must admit, humans. you know, I've kind of, I've kind of cut down on my red meat intake almost to the point of non-existence. Um, and I, hmm. you know, I, don't, I can't, actually can't remember the last time I ate any meat. I mean, I'm not saying it's it was just like maybe five, six, seven days ago. I don't think yeah. I've eaten any meat for five or six, seven, and that's quite normal now. But I'm, I would be quite reluctant not to eat chicken any longer, and that's bad, isn't it? I don't know. I just really like. Well, there's chicken. plenty out there. There's plenty <laughs> out there being killed. What was that film where I saw a film relatively recently where one of the where the where people were engaged or employed as chicken sexers? You know that job. No, it's a job I did that, not know that was a so job. So it's, it's a terrible job, and it's you know it's part of this brutal kind of poultry rearing industry that I didn't know that we were going to start talking about, mm. but now we are um, <laughs> from a position of kind of massive ignorance. But um, as far as I understand it, uh, male chicks in a litter of chicks, whatever you get, you know, a brood of chicks or whatever, male mm. chicks that hatch are thrown away simple they're, they're, they're useless that's they're not, not gonna cool. no it's not cool at all really so there is a there is a and you know there are a lot of people employed around the world who have to rifle through big boxes of chicks flightless little things like that pick them up stare at their um well they, do they have genitalia they don't do they have birds have cloacas i think but they're really reproductive you. they're reproductive mm. organs um and actually, it's quite a skillful thing. They have to they have to figure out whether they are male or female, and these things are only just a few days old. And um, hmm. and it's a bit, I mean, it's grim, isn't it? It's like a yeah. Well, it's, there's all sorts of yeah. parallels you could draw, but you know, males to the left, females to the right. The females will be reared. Hmm. The males will be destroyed. Chicken sex, exactly. uh, David. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Life goals. On that. Um, what do you mean on that? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, going, going, going back to the red meat thing. So, uh, I was actually because I, I got a... I'm glad you raised. <laughs> I'm glad you raised chicken sexing. Yeah, and um, so uh, Marty, my brilliant um, friend, who's also a sports doctor and who looks after me here and is kind of helping me kind of get fit again. Yeah, uh, I fell off my bike a few days ago and oh, I went okay. in and he gave me a blood test and. 
and my blood was is like really low at the moment. Um, it was like thirty nine hematocrit, which is really low, and thirteen hemoglobin, which I've only had a couple of times in my life. Whoa, yeah, that's a half. It's a half a Bjarne Reese. That's kind a of. half a Bjarne Reese. Half a yeah, half a Reese. So two thirds of a Reese. Yeah. To a, yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. sixty percent Reese. Yeah, something. It's definitely not a whole Reese. But um, and the first thing he's because I love Marty. He's like, "Have you been eating much red meat?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "You need to eat more red meat." And I was like, "Marty, he's like, he's like a brilliant genius, and he's so good." But it was like still that old school. You need to eat red meat, David. You yeah, that's quite your, old school. Iron levels yeah. back up. But yeah. then he said because I'd had my uh, Moderna booster, I had Moderna because I had Pfizer the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you've had all good. Oh, you've had all the good ones, David. You've all had all the premium products, yeah. mate. That's yeah. all the products, yeah. And yeah. so Nicole and I, my wife, are quite adamant that we we didn't feel anything from Pfizer and we're not going to feel yeah. anything from Moderna. And she had hers the day before me and the next day she was KO. We didn't realise. And yesterday I was completely KO. Yeah. For one day. Just one day. Yeah. But kind too. of just fuzzy in the head and yeah. just kind of couldn't really operate properly. Yeah. Um, but it got me thinking about all these things. And you looked into this. Cause, and then I stumbled across a podcast today with the CEO of Moderna. Oh, okay. ah, it's brilliant. I'll send it through to you. It's so good. So they started it, what, 10 years ago, the company? And to kind of, as uh, they're, f- I think they've raised over 10 years, but this is all accelerated recently, 5 billion uh, US dollars before they'd made one product, um, <clears throat> Moderna, because they were kind of this cutting edge. They wanted to build a, a platform of science so they mm. could be big, building kind of actually being super innovative um and then when the pandemic came around the ceo kind of saw it happening and just on literally from woke up in the middle of the night i think this was on the, the friday night realized that the pandemic was incoming cancelled his trips and flew that next day to washington met with dr fauci and kind of then all the different people and then i think within a few weeks had one billion dollar funding from the u.s government to then push on the direction they went in and but it was it's it's an amazing story listening to kind of moderna and kind of learning about what what happened there and and then this brings us (laughs) sorry i'm just jumping around here because then i saw one of my old teammates andrew talansky on twitter today it's so good I mean, it's, it's just pure Talansky, isn't it? So for, I, I, I don't know whether you're aware of it before I've kind of like pushed it your way. You'd probably been looking at it before as well. But actually, he's been banging this drum for a few months now, mm. um, Talansky. Uh, and he is, he is the anti-vaxxer's anti-vaxxer to the point that it's not just the vax that he doesn't like. It's the virus that doesn't exist, isn't it? I mean, literally today, no. non-existent, non-existent. Um, it's not real which is like i never thought i never ever thought i've interviewed andrew chalansky many times you were his teammate for many years know him extremely well i would imagine at one point but i never thought i would be reporting andrew chalansky to twitter for kind of dangerous misinformation but i'm afraid that's what i've done today because i mean you know you hesitate to kind of laugh too loudly although i have just laughed a bit but it does have quite serious consequences. And also, I do wonder whether something kind of slightly deep-seated might be going on in his life to have reached those extraordinary conclusions. I mean, who knows? Who knows? That is purely in the realms of speculation. But that aside, and let's not get lost in that, David. He he was always quite special, wasn't he, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a special. He, um, he, 
he falls in the kind of the arenas of the the Rowan Dennis, who absolutely smashed the glue. Australian time trial championships. Rowan Dennis, glue. Remember I described him as glue that holds uh, yeah. it all together last time? I don't think Talansky was glue, was he? So much as like a bag of no. a bag of really sharp nails that you could either hammer into, you know, yeah. in, or maybe just it, put into a bit of dodgy plaster and it'd all fall down. He was like one of those um those what were those shirts, those hair shirts or whatever <laughs> kind of What do they call those? <laughs> really, what you mean the deeply Catholic ones? The the kind of yeah. designed okay. A penitence shirt or something, yeah. Yeah, he was like a penitence shirt. Just wow. rubbing you the the wrong way the whole time. <laughs> it, no, because yeah, no, he's just he's just quite a weird dude. He's he's could be the loveliest, um, loveliest, really thoughtful person, but then he'd flip out. It was um, like Jim Carrey and me, myself, and Irene, where he had the kind of the the his kind of counter personality that would just be this absolute weapon. Of a, a human, and Talansky could flip to that, and yeah, it's, it's it's he's not got that kind of group around him now to keep him a little bit in check. I wonder what he but, does. I wonder what his job is. I wonder what he's. Well, I thought he'd in. gone into triathlon, hadn't he? Did right. that not work out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but yeah, so Rowan's a bit like that. But Rowan's kind of wouldn't even go that far. I don't think. Rich, Richie Port is another one who can kind of have the kind of flips around. You know, there are a few, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Talansky's Talansky's leading. Can you? Are you I prepared? Saw, are you prepared to tell me the brilliant story about Talansky and the sandwich? Oh, can I remember it? I can vaguely remember it. He'd abandoned, right? Yeah, the, the tour, and was in a strop and a sulk in the mm. rain somewhere. Was it the famous? Yeah. Wasn't it Talansky who was kind of like weeping on the bike somewhere in the Vosges Mountains? Yeah, when, when, and, the, and it was and it was when a Robbie Hunter had to like talk him down. And he turned right. into a hero. Yeah, Talansky right. turned into this hero, and it was like, "Come on, mate." Um, yeah, you're right. And then he got to, and it was it had been early in the year at, at the Spanish race, I think. Oh, was and, it? Okay. Yeah. Well, the sandwich and event. The sandwich. The, thing, sa- yeah. the sa- sandwich gate. It, it was sandwich gate. That's what we called it. The whole team <laughs> went around the whole team. Sandwich gate. Because because he'd lost his mind in the team car afterwards because they, there wasn't a sandwich prepared for him. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or it was the wrong song, and it was just turned into this absolute, and it turned into the whole team within hours. We were getting messages about everyone. Have you heard about Sandwichgate? Have you heard about Sandwichgate? And uh, yeah, but wasn't it so. like a, 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 trying to jog your memory, or at least the version that you told me? Wasn't it that he was sitting in the back of the team car, and the Swanee mm. who had his sandwich, for some reason, Talansky couldn't talk to him, or wouldn't talk to him, or they weren't talking to each other. So <laughs> Talansky had to message Jonathan Vorters. Who was in the states? Is that right? <laughs> oh, you're right. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> so he's in the car, and so the sandwich has gone. He hasn't got the sandwich he wanted, and so, so he's, instead so, wait, of wait, confronting, wait, 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 wait. So he's got he's got a sandwich, but it's not the sandwich he wanted, right? So he's got <laughs> salami and cream cheese, and he wanted tuna mayo or whatever. Yeah, okay. something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So instead of kind of dealing with this in the team car and with the 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 wonderfully caring soigneurs who do these sandwiches and run around and carry suitcases and massage. And uh, he's decided to quietly fume in the back of the car and start text message this boss of the team, Jonathan Vortis in Colorado about the sandwich. And then Jonathan is then messaging 
the direct supportive who's then messaging us one year. So this ends up being this absolute spiderweb of messages just radiating from Talansky from the back of the car. But all it took was for him to speak to this one year in the front to deal with it. And they'd have just sorted it. But it was that was a Talansky moment. And it became yeah. Sandwich Gate because even the whole team were like, Really? <laughs> What was that? You, you kind of that team specialised in quite um, interesting characters, didn't it? I mean, yes, you had some, you had some, did. you had some weird personalities knocking around there. Some good, like it must have been a heady mix at times. It was, but you had. To, I mean, that that was always the um, the mo at the beginning is that it wasn't. A, We're a bit was, different. We're different. Yeah, it was kind of the, it was the cycling money ball. It was kind of finding the kind of the quirky characters who are outliers, who 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 had potential, weren't guaranteed winners, but if you got them together, then they could do things. But you did end up with the, the likes of me, Zabriskie, Vanderveld, you know, it's kind of <laughs> Robbie Hunter, kind of Julian Dean. Robbie Hunter. <laughs> Julian Robbie. Dean. I mean, yeah, Robbie, Julian Dean. Well, he's got a chimp as well, hasn't Tyler. he? Tyler. Tyler Farrah. Tyler. Yeah. Tyler yeah. Farrah. Yeah, Bradley. Well, yeah, normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just it was a, an absolute band of misfits, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was the magic of it when it worked. But it's uh, it did, we all had our uh, things, and I, Christ, I'm, I was one of them. But yeah, it was a, I think that was the magic, and it lasted for three or four years in that team. But I love it, the fact that you just, also had, like, characters... Back in the day, you had characters like maybe he was a bit later. I don't know, but like Ramanus Navadauskas. Ah, oh, Navadauskas, the honey badger, who, who's just such a he's such a lovely, straightforward. On the, yeah. like, this is the impression I've got. You may know a very different side to him, you know. Yeah, yeah. But just like, how did people like that? What do they look around on the team bus with all of you lot being absolutely insane and just kind of go, "Well, I've just do my job here." Yeah, Martin Mascant. Oh, you know, yeah. there were a lot of kind of yeah, 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 yeah. There were a lot of really good riders who came through who yeah. on another team could have been amazing. <laughs> but just on our team could never break through the weirdness. <laughs> um But yeah, it's um Yeah. But looking at that now and I think just paying a bit of attention which what what's going on at the moment with the teams is kind of uh, I'm I'm still I'm following a little bit curiously the old peter sagan and his total energy oh it's still weird isn't it it's super weird and then you go then you see a picture of because you, know, you know all the detail gets lost in the big hmm. headline you see a picture of on social media of daniel oss flexing his muscles in a total energy jersey and you go Ugh. so like the whole yeah. the whole operation sagan has kind of transferred hasn't it you know and yeah and um and it's just doesn't don't know. There's no. I guess it's. Uh, I, I tell you what's really interesting about it as well. It goes to show the the how important the team brand is. Although we don't kind of talk about it in the cycling, we always put it down. Kind of we always about about the riders, the kind of teams come and go. But Peter Sagan, who's an absolute weapon, complete champion, you put him in a jersey of a team that's got that personality which Total Energy has, and. He actually becomes more total energy than Peter Sagan. Yeah, and yeah, he's they... now got to lift that team up to kind of back up to Peter Sagan. And it's a whereas you go to Ineos, everyone knows what they look like. Quick step, you know what they look like. Bora Hansgrohe, kind of, you know, they've got their looks and their styles. Jumbo Visma. But David, what really interests me about the way you talk about stuff like this is you're talking about it 
as exactly as I would talk about it because mm. I'm I've only ever been an observer, you know, and a keen yeah. observer, and I would completely concur, you know. But I'm mm. but I would also feel that I'm just you know this is just my lunatic imaginings as a spectator you know I, I i read things in that aren't really there but what i'm getting from you is a sense of actually within the peloton mm. that's kind of how you read it as well to a certain extent there's a little bit of that mm. he's gone there and mm. now he looks a bit like that is that he's lost mm. his superpowers he's with cofidis or yeah is that does that feel like is that- yeah it, it is it's, it's the jersey matters and i think it's it's it, i'd kind of forgotten about that till seeing Peter Sagan, Total Energy, and then you think it's, and you'll know with football, you have great players, if they go to a smaller team, it's kind of all of a sudden, it's like they've lost their superpowers. It's almost they've decided to kind of, if they go to Barcelona, they put on that jersey, they're going to feel like Barcelona. What's quite interesting about Sagan, though, is that he only raced, you know, in his pomp, he only raced for Liquigas and Mm. for Bora. And with respect yeah. to both those teams, you know, w- 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 one doesn't exist, and the other one mm-hmm. is Bora Hansgrohe. <laughs> yeah, you know, which is they um, weren't rocking. Yeah. They weren't Quick Step. They weren't Ineos. They yeah. weren't Jumbo. They weren't, you know. Yeah, um, it's uh, true. But he was young, and then then he wasn't. Is it, this is a really an, an interesting concept? So I think Lucky Gas was different because he was Italian. You also had big riders on there at that time. It was a big budget World Tour team. A- absolutely, yeah. So yeah. you know, it had the status. Bora Hansgrohe was kind of, it was actually a kind of a transitional team, but he was in his pomp and kind of, he very quickly secured that identity. He's now in that, that kind of in-between phase. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. Imagine Mark Cavendish and Total Energy. Can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't. Yeah, it can't. But it's... And, and he wouldn't be able to imagine himself in that either. He wouldn't be able to do it. He'd, he'd, he'd hang it up before he did that. And genuinely, I think he would. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to think how much we kind of critique or, or we're critical of how there aren't brands in professional cycling teams and that, that we're always sponsor-based and there's no identity and there's no value in the team itself. Whereas actually, if you look at the team's there is quite a lot of value in their look and kind of their status within the peloton. It's fascinating. And, it's fascinating yeah, it and, it's, and it's endlessly morphing and it changes and you never know from one, you know, it drifts. You know, the Sunweb team that became the all-conquering, well, the Sunweb team that won the Giro with Tom Dumoulin. Yeah. And then was going to kick on and become the big, do you remember? Mm-hmm. They were going to be the big anti-Sky. They were, mm-hmm. you know. They were going to do what Yumbo did. Uh, they were going to be the Yumbo, exactly. Yeah. And then they became this kind of maverick DSM team that everyone thought, well, that's mm. the that's the template. And now mm. it's just like everyone's leaving and they're a bunch of weirdos kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's amazing the way it kind of drifts around. And um, and I love that. And and, yeah. and I was reading a thing today about Ineos's recruitment policy, which is quite interesting, isn't it? That they're signing all these... They were talking Gen about Z. Generation... What is it? Generation Z? Gen, Gen Z. Gen Z. Z. Sorry, Z. Um, Z. Well, it sounds better, Gen Z. I think Generation Z sounds better, but there you go. I like Gen I like Generation Z, but uh, Gen Z. Okay, Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. Yeah. Gen so, Z. so like, so this is now we're talking. Let's just relativize this. We're talking about the generation younger than Tom Pidcock and Ethan Hater. So this is kind of <laughs> this is where we're talking. This is what we're talking about now. Yeah. But it's it's quite interesting what they're doing now. And you know, mm. Bernal belongs to the next generation above. He's not, no longer mm-hmm. the young buck and all that kind of thing. And they're so they're, Gen so Gen yeah. Z. Just to, just to be clear, because. Uh, 
I'm Gen X. I'm a baby boomer. Which you're a baby boomer. So Gen X is uh, no, I'm not a ba- no, David. I'm not a. You're, baby you're, boomer. you're you're no no. You're not. A, you're Generation X as well. Well, b- b- borderline. You're baby boomer. boomer. You're boom I, I, X. I, no, I'm not. Bo- I'm not boom anything. Cut me a bit of slack here. I don't think. Am I? So the, I'd, be there horrified, is, there is actual... I'd be horrified if I was a baby boomer. Okay, so Generation X. <laughs> Although I might be. Is oh it stops at basically 1979-80, and I think starts 70, 60, late 60s. Well, 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 that's critical, because I was born in 1969, <laughs> so I need to know, well, I need you to know the exact... You can scrape it in. I think, I think you're right. Hang on, I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, don't, but, do uh, not tell me I'm a baby boomer. Like, because so the baby boomers, the baby boomers came in as the the, the birth rate increased, you know, uh, rapidly after the end of the Second World War, didn't it? That's twenty five yeah. years. No, bad maths. Twenty four years after the end of the Second World War, you can't talk that. Oh uh, no, you're fine. Oh, it's nineteen forty six to nineteen sixty four. Oh great, um, I'm, I'm baby boomers. Yeah, I'm not a baby boomer. No, no, you're not a baby boomer. So, what so am then I? you've I'm, got. So we in the same you're, generation. Your generation. We're, we're generation X. So that generation, generation X is 1965 to 80. Then millennials are 81 to 96. Then generation Z is mm. 1997 to 2012. Oh, here we go. I didn't know this. Generation Alpha is 2010. <laughs> oh, we've plus. gone back to the beginning of the alphabet. Yeah. Cool. So as you're saying, so the recruitment policy at the moment, and this is the Pogacha generation, everything is Gen Z. And yeah. you have to be born 1997 onwards yeah. to classify for the gen z yeah. but you're, you're you're gen x you're good yeah that's a, so. in, it's a huge relief to me but they seem to be subdividing gen z into you know pidcock's already in the middle-aged bit of gen z and they're kind of um, yeah i don't even know the names yes. these kids i'm gonna have to get to know them that so there's this kid who won the australian national championships oh he's a weapon what's his plap, name plap 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 plat, plat, so david plap. If he becomes the best rider in the world, how are we going to shout his name out on the Champs Elysees when he wins without it sounding silly? Plap! It plap! is plap. I'm right about that. It's plap. Yeah, plap. Wow, you... he's but he might have to change his name. So, I mean, I didn't realise this, and as you won't be at all surprised that he was Australian time trial champion last year. Elite. What elite was he? Or was it? I think he might have been under twenty. Well, under float, let's float that. So let's ran, float ran, that. Yeah, so he was, he was under twenty three last yeah, year. Yeah, he was under twenty three. Yeah, um, but he almost won the road race last year. He got caught right at the end. Oh, did like he? In the final case. Yeah. So a bit of a weapon of a kid. Yeah. He was going to do the time trial this year, the elite, and couldn't do it because of a COVID thing, so missed it. But then yeah. was able to do the road race, then just destroyed the road race. I think he's really, really, really good. <laughs> Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, why you paid the big bucks. That's <laughs> why Nando's it's why Nando's are tossing Nando's you all this money. You're welcome. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. Just David there. Nando. That's just um He'll have that on his um, gut feeling, you know. <laughs> yeah. What's his first name? But it, uh because the J I think. So if I want to say No, but there's, there's that American rider who's caught up in the whole doping thing called Joe Pap. So let's not It's not Joe Pap. Yeah, no. there is a well. There was a Joe Pap. No, it's, it's, he's not Joe Pap. No, he's um, a Plap. What's his first name? Uh, I'm looking. Uh, everyone, everyone on the podcast who knows what they're talking about is now screaming out the first name. Yeah, Luke Plap. Luke Plap. <laughs> mm. Yeah, 
plop. I don't know. I'm, looks, how do you? He's got. You know what? He's got that kind of like build of these these new whippersnappers as well. I reckon he's about five ten, sixty two kilos. You know, hater. They're just he's like, another hater. They're going to be ter- they're going to be tremendously difficult to tell apart. All this lot, aren't they? It's going to be mm. annoying. You know, yeah. you know. I, I was quite critical of well, not critical. I was a little bit um snidey regards when went through our jersey kind of. Uh, oh, we had judgments. some interesting correspondence on that, didn't we? Yeah. Well, yeah, so, I, so yeah. looking at looking at the picture of mm. Luke Plapp winning um, Australian national championships in his Ineos Grenadier jersey, yep, it actually does work quite well. You know, when they sit up, it's got quite a nice flair. No, no. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, so put, I, I saw a picture from um, that I posted, a, that some sort of lame joke that I made on Twitter, and I needed a picture to back it up the other day, David, and it, I happened upon a picture of the um, 2010, I think, Peloton of the Tour de France, and you're there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're wearing that icon- really quite lovely Garmin predominantly white but with the blue and the and the, and the light orange and the kind that's of 2011 2011 was it yeah that's about right yeah sky are there with one of their early kind of prototype kits and everything mm-hmm. and i just looked at the kits across that and i thought ah, they were just oh it was the addition of the race with that absolute abomination of futon Servetto, that kit do you remember uh, <laughs> uh, so that aside i just thought a lot of those kits i i preferred but that's just because i'm borderline baby boomer um so yeah. um, you know Five hey, that, you're fine. hey, hey, tell you what, let's, um, let's uh, start this podcast and have the jingle. <laughs> David, David, um, I have to say, uh, this internet account, and I can't even begin to pronounce its name, so I, uh, well, I can't really credit it, but I sent you a little screen grab of my, my, uh, from from the internet and it was a list of uh, okay i'll try and i should tra- credit them because they've done the research to actually figure this out the internet account is amatipurulier finnish account um list of 18 riders who have led the general classification and also uh, won yeah. at least one stage at all three grand tours now you have won stages of all three grand tours and you have mm-hmm. worn the leader's jersey at all three grand tours and i th- mm-hmm. i think that's a I think that's a tremendous achievement, and I've always thought that. And um, uh, you know, well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, but I also thought, um, I also thought, yeah, but there must be loads of people who've done that. Yeah. And then this person has done the research. In the history of the Grand Tours, only eighteen people have done it. And it's yeah, pretty mad. And um, you sit in the company of some absolute hitters: Onkatil, Eno, Jalabert, Marie. They're the French candidates from Belgium. Martens, Merckx, Van Looy, Van Steenbergen, Rowan Dennis, which surprised me. Um, three, three, yeah, sure. But three British riders, Cavendish Froome, D. Miller, Roglic, Alex Zuller from Switzerland, and the four Italians to have done it. I'll give them in reverse order. Nibali, that makes sense. Moser, that makes sense. Gimondi, that makes sense. Fabio Aru. <laughs> Makes no mm. sense. And there are you, eighteen. Um, I was That's very surprised good. by. I was very surprised by Fabio Aru. I know, I'm surprised by that. But it, 
see that what i love about this as well because that's oh i saw that i'm very proud of that because it's 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 good yeah it's a pretty nice with with hindsight you're like oh cool i did do pretty well um but also it kind of it's getting back into that ballpark of my position within sport is i think i'm pushing now regards 27 29th Scottish athlete, maybe. <laughs> Mate, don't start that one up again. It just, it, just kept, <laughs> kept, it just kept coming. It was like Gavin Hastings, Stephen Hendry. It was just, and the, and uh, well, Pippa York, but I didn't, you know, we made, it, I made a decision on that because it's always confusing kind of to use, to dead name. Yeah, her, it's but, a dead name. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Although Pippa, but, uh, Pippa, just to say, Pippa has a, a nuanced view on that. And Pippa actually is someone yeah. who's kind of all right with, her previous yeah. achievement, achievements being referred to as Robert Miller. But that aside, yeah, um, yeah she was better than you. <laughs> <laughs> but her name, is, her name isn't on that list. No. Her name no, no, is not, not on that list. No, um, that was, that that was funny. That, so that was our last one, wasn't it? And we, you know, you did this wonderful self-deprecating thing of allowing me to laugh at you. Um, and <laughs> I thought you played along brilliantly and it was funny. And then I... I made the enormous mistake of uh, assuming that Twitter had a sense of nuance, didn't I? And I clipped up yeah. a little, and I clipped up a little bit of um, you know our, our conversation in which we just list people who are better than you from Scotland, you know, and there are loads of them. We just come up with a stream of them, and and and, and but I, what I didn't do was put any nuance into the the kind of rubric above the clip. So I just said, you know, interesting debate about David Miller being the greatest Scottish athlete of all time or whatever, you know. And we, and it's so interesting because we, we just, I mean, I started, we started to, I, you're, maybe you're used to it, I don't know. But I started to wade through these replies of people who don't have a sense of humour and can't, you know. Like, so, syringe emojis. Yeah, so your doping past gets, you know, yeah, you know, which which like it's not as if you haven't talked about it and you're not prepared to talk about it. Um, but the point, yeah. the point that aside, the point was we were literally saying the opposite of what the assumption was that they, yeah. you know, I mean, it was kind of it couldn't have been more clear cut. It was like maybe our kids, maybe I'll be in the top thirty if we keep going through. I mean, it was just so I felt I felt for you there because I I thought I'd really <laughs> stitched you up and I got dragged down with it and it was just uh, awful. So I messaged you yeah. saying Twitter, eh? And you just yeah. you just you gave me the old water water off a duck's back kind of thing, yeah. which you're quite. No, right. that is fine. Yeah. I, I don't generally think it was such a funny conversation. <laughs> And it's, but it does with Twitter. Oh, we we missed some. Is. We missed a whole, yeah, you're right. We missed an absolute load of absolute oh, hitters. I know. You know? That's sort of, and I kept like even days later, and even now, I kind of all popping. Like, I was like, Stephen Hendry. Yeah. Or it was Gra- like three, Graham, Ob- days, Graham Obrey was in Graham Obrey. <laughs> Obre. I was like, four, like four days later, I was like, middle of the night, Gavin Hastings. I was like, <laughs> Gavin Hastings. <laughs> just kept coming and it's just gonna be like for the rest of my life i'm just gonna keep it's gonna be sliding down the rankings as people remember other (laughs) scottish athletes you started off started off at number seven that was your i have at home we have uh, the kids uh we mark where they their height on a wall one wall oh yeah we used to do that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's lovely it's going up i feel like we've done the opposite with me I kind of almost want to do it in my in my office here. Just do the list of Scottish athletes. So it's just permanently there. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. But I'm in top eighteen. That's good. 
Oh, I'm, I'm holding on to that one. Fair play to you. Like, like, I feel mm. like I feel like um, I feel like we haven't done any cycling news, but actually we we've spoken about cycling a fair bit. So there really isn't very much going on, is there? There is the um, the first race of the European calendar on Sunday, the um, the one day race in Valencia. What's it called? The Grand Premio Luis Puige. Is that what it's, called? Oh, it might, it's probably one of those races that's changed its name. It's Valenci- Val- Valenciano or whatever the one day. Well, you saw us have the you saw us the one day race that finished in Valencia de Loup, which was or started in Benidorm Malaga. Yeah, that's the one. That's the finished. one. I think that's the one. Yeah, Luis Puig. Luis Puig. Yeah, yeah. That was the that was what it used was to that, be called. Anyway, did that, was that regularly part of your kind of? Yeah, no, you yeah. do. You you go down to the Volta Valenciana. Yeah. which was the five-day stage race. And dead early in February. Dead early in February. Yeah, right? yeah it used of, to be yeah. mid... Actually, no, it used to be the end of February. Oh, did it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it used to be the end of the year, so they're obviously shifting things around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. that's... Um, I, I, they'll do it now because a lot of the teams are down there training in Calpe, so it's just yeah. up the road, which yeah. is where everyone is now. Yeah. But No, I don't think there, is, there isn't much going on. I, no. I think... Well, it's because there's no uh, tour down... It's because there's no tour down under, and the big yeah. races in South America have been cancelled. So the mm. tour, tour Colombia yeah. and the Tour de San Luis, San mm. Juan... No, what's it called now? The, the Argentinian state... I can't remember what it's called. The, 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 the Argentinian state... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's... Um, <laughs> should know. Don't know. Uh, forgotten. Um, anyway, the Argentinian stage race, and so those, that's been cancelled, and a lot of the big players especially to Argentina, we're going to go there. And, you know, the Colombia race, you know, over recent years before COVID as well, has been uh, populated by riders like, well, Alaphilippe has raced it in the past. So, um, mm. you know, Quickstep were a team that used to go to South America with a very strong team. Yeah. So that's all been that's all been cancelled. Um, mm. But so far, touch wood, I, none of the European calendar has been shifted around at all. So, mm. With, um, actually, we're going to have to get him on. Uh, so as chapter three, we sponsored our first athlete and we won't announce it properly for a, a couple of more months. Ooh. Ashton Lambie. Ashton so Lambie. Ashton Lambie, oh, he yeah, put it yeah. on his, his social media yesterday. And okay. it's the first time we've ever, ever done anything like this. And he's going to be a pure gravel racer and endurance and ultra racer. Mm. But he's also the dude who kind of is the first guy to go sub four minutes and four Ks and pursuit and you told you told champion. me all this when i, yeah. I bluffed and yeah. pretended that i knew who he was and then yeah. you told me about it. yeah but no yeah. that's great so now he's so so he's go time now and he starts racing tomorrow in that whole gravel racing scene so we should get some reports from him on what's yeah. going on because yeah. he's he's so raw yeah kind yeah. of he's he makes us look genius well you're you are the oracle when it comes to bike racing but he would be quite interesting to get on board because he's still just a blank slate regards road racing. Uh, what in terms of doesn't really get it or doesn't like just, it just doesn't new, know the history it's just alien to it. him. It's just yeah. all new. It's just all new to him. It's just yeah. all wonderfully new to him. Yeah. He, he sent me and, 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 and I say this with the absolute kind of, cause I asked him to give feedback on apparel cause he's only ever done his gravel racing and his, his high speed track racing. And I want yeah. him to help us develop apparel and do different things. Yeah. And I'd sent him loads of chapter three kit and he just sends me his WhatsApp message. And he's like, do I put the base layer under the bibs or on top of them? Oh, okay. So he's, yeah. he's one he's step just, removed from those kind of internet memes of people who put their bib shorts on inside out. Just hasn't, for, just, he's yeah. never been part of that culture where there's rules. Cool. I like so this. So he's like, this what? Are, so I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's going on. Well, All that's right. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm. Um, mm. We should probably just actually. I should just round up. We've had a few emails in, David. 
Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we like we like emails. Um, yeah. This is the jingle, by the way. H i w t y j at gmail dot com. So that's where you send your emails into. Um, because it's been a while since we podded. Um, Ned, oh, and Ned emailed us. Ned Sharat, um, who said, "I, <laughs> amongst other things, um, I really enjoyed your spat with David last week." Really excellent confusion between someone talking about social norms and someone else talking about individual choice. Uh, I think that was when you and me were talking about pink and blue and, and all that sort of <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> and then he said, quite rightly, I wondered whether the tension actually arose because you had just said that all cycling gear looks shit to a cycling gear manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite, which is quite, um, quite a clever remark, yeah, actually. And, and yeah, that, yeah, there may be some truth in on that. point. <laughs> So if that's the case, David, I absolutely apologise. Your kit looks wonderful, and cycling kit is is um, is has potential ca- to look amazing. <laughs> yeah, when just it's not you know chapter three exactly, and don't go shopping in it. Um, I've had another email from a, a young man who I'll come back to called Evan Burgess, which is amazing because we're gonna we're gonna kind of play out with that. Um, Carol Wilson has sent us an email. Uh, dear, just managed to finally get around to listening to this. Had to chuckle about the kit colours. In my younger days, I was most disturbed when I moved into my sister's old bedroom as it was pink. I dressed mainly in black as a teen and loathed anything pink. I'm warming <laughs> to the colour now. This is kind of what you were saying, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm warming to the colour now that I'm in my late 40s. However, my favourite colour is blue. All colours should be for everyone. And I do still get a bit fed up with all the gendered clothing. Totally get that we have different shapes, though, but don't get why teams have to have a, a completely different kit. And I think that was kind of my point, you know, like mm, the shaping yeah. thing and everything. That's really important. The but the the kind of cliched choices of of mm. colours maybe less less cool. Um, the, so that, there we go. Um, we've had another uh, p- email in from Dan Hannard, who suggests that we listen to. A podcast about architecture, but I don't know why. I don't know why we would do that because it would just attract, you know, just divert listeners yeah, like away diluting, from you know, like diluting our brand. Exactly, and I don't think Nando's, get, Nando's, wouldn't, no, be Nando's, would, Nando's wouldn't be happy with that. No. Yeah, wouldn't be happy with that. Um, no. Evan Burgess, though, uh, David was the the young man I just wanted to talk about. He he emailed me a while ago. Actually, um, he is seventeen years of age, and he wrote this: "Hi, Ned and David, loving the pod." When listening to your latest edition while making revision notes this morning, he's at school, I was struck by a thought as you discussed fan engagement and how Andy Murray might quite like David. (laughs) I've forgotten about that. I thought you might like some fan engagement from a 17-year-old newer human and massive fan of the pod who spent his childhood racing uh, and riding on the Welsh and British road, mountain bike and cyclocross scene. If so, I'd love to join you on a favourite podcast, blah, 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 blah. And... I uh, engaged with him and said, um, do tell me about yourself and do tell me about um, your experience of, of, you know, being a Britain of this generation, whatever. What was this generation? Generation Z? Generation Z? Z? Uh, uh, it's alpha now. Uh, generation Z. Gen, well, Gen Z. Borderline Gen alpha. Z. I mean, he's, he's 17 yeah. years of age. Um, he's Gen Z. And growing up and growing up, 17 years mm-hmm. of age, gr- you know, growing up and racing um, in Great Britain. And he sent me um, this a uh, very interesting contribution, David. I'll play it in a second. Um, but that's kind of the end of our, you know, our interaction on this. So um, is there anything else you want to say? Um, I've just remembered. Yeah. So my 
Instagram account got hacked last week, so I can't get into it. Oh, yeah, tell me about that. Talk, yeah. I just just ended up, uh, I got sent this blue tick thing, and I was stupid and just went through, and then somebody came back and said, oh, i got your account now, pay me money. And I was like, cool, delete my account, I'm not paying you money. And oh, they didn't, right. they didn't oh, delete right. my account. So I'm just like, and Instagram can't help. So I'm just basically my Instagram's dead now. Oh, is but it? somebody had, yeah, somebody had sent me a, a, an Aussie or an, an American who's on Israel startup, a young guy, had sent me a message on Instagram saying, uh, if you want me to be on your podcast, I'd love to be on your podcast whenever whenever you like. Um, and he's based in Drona. What, what do we what do we what do we know about him? Don't know. Just that? I was like I was like I thought that's quite Gen Z punchy. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's like, you yeah, guys who want me to be on your podcast, be on your podcast. So I was like, don't know who you are. Stick a microphone in front of him and just say, go on then. What you got? Yeah, go for it. What you got? Go for this. Can you riff about what can you what can you riff about? Yeah, what can you riff? Let's riff. Let's riff. But maybe I think I think maybe we should um we should bring a couple of riffs in soon. I also think I like the fact uh, Go on. Do you want to tell me about the bike crash? Yeah, I want to hear about that. I didn't know it was a crash. You said you'd been on a bike ride. Sorry, Evan's Evan's contribution will still happen, but it'll happen after this Mm. story now. Go on, David. So I've got this plan, um, which will launch in a couple of weeks. Is I'm going to spend three months training to to get fast to do a ten mile time trial just here locally. Why? Because I need to because mo- I, I, I'm sick of being a little bit overweight and not looking after myself and right, right. and just being unfit. Right. And I th- I can't just do it. I need to have an objective. So I was kind okay. of let's go and let's go back to basics and. The basic for me is 10 mile time trial. What's your target so time? Train- What's your, everyone, everyone will be thinking, what are you targeting? Everyone will want to know that. Do, um, I just want to scrape under 20 minutes. And what was... 30 what, miles an hour. In your, in your, uh, what was the fastest ever 10 mile time trial you ever did? Oh, I, um, I don't know. Because it would be a pro, which wouldn't have been 10 mile. It would be in a stage race. I, I must have done a long 17 kind of as a pro. Tw- in a stage race. 20s, 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 quite, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, but this this is the thing that modern tech. So I'm getting an amazing bike, getting the speed uh, suit, got the training, nutrition, it's like it's, I don't think it's, it's going to be really hard because I haven't done it in a while, but I don't think it's impossible. Um, but that's the whole point and I want people to kind of go on that journey. But anyway, I started this week kind of training and I got f- five days and I was really enjoying it and I was banging out, going, doing an hour a day, doing Zwift one day, going from the studio, going up to Los Angeles and just, which is the climb behind and going as hard as I could. And obviously in the first five days, I was just PBing every day and all my things because there's no data. It's all a raw. I'm, I'm basically, there's nothing there from seven years. <laughs> And so I was getting carried away. And on the fifth day, this is day five, Ned. I'm like, you know what? At the studio, I was like, I'm going out and I'm on my mission. It's like, got dressed up, banged out. And I'm going up the climb. And I hit the bottom and my heart rate's crazy high. (laughs) I'm like sitting (laughs) mid 170s. And and pretty pathetic power, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's like... But uh, I'm in the zone, averaging 100 cadence, kind of doing my things, and there's little micro descents in the middle. But about a third up, I overtake this guy, which is a huge, I'm like, this is a huge accomplishment. And he's yep. just a nice guy out on his lunchtime ride. Yep. But I catch him just as I'm going over 
Yeah. Going this little flat bit before it drops down. Yeah. And he latches onto me. Oh. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Bugger. Yeah. So then I kind of take that because I'm in the zone. I yeah. Like, I'll just lose him because I'm a pro. I'll go around the corners fast. Yeah. So I kind of whip him around and he drops off. And I'm like, cool. I'll get rid of him. Yeah. And then coming through this little section where it drops down a bit and it's very much, it hasn't seen the sun in probably two months. Oh. It's, yeah. And I look through the words because I'm being a pro. I can see two corners away. I'm like, no cars are coming. I'm just going to cut across, oh. sweep it. Oh, that sounds bad. And the moment I just sweep, I come across all oh, elegant race line, cross the white line. Elegant. And within, yeah. within 0.75 of a second, I'm on the floor. Uh, Wheels just disappeared. Yeah. So I'm then just, I've hit, gone down really hard because not even break, just literally disappeared and hit the floor. And I'm sliding for ages because it's so slippy. And I'm thinking, oh no, dude behind me. And Ooh. I thought, there was nothing there. I was like, that's cool. Then I come to a standstill. Then all of a sudden, he slides up next to me. <laughs> I, 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 and I'm like, oh, perdón, lo, lo siento. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, it's okay. And he's speaking English. So he's telling speaking English, speaking Spanish. And then we get up and. And I'm like, seriously, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. I'm, saying, I'm so sorry. It's my fault. It's my fault. Uh, I, and I look at his bike. I like, is your bike okay? He's like, it's fine. I just bought it last week. And it's a beautiful <laughs> factor. It's cost like probably thousands of pounds. And he's and he looks at me and he's like, are you David Miller? And I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. And he's like, ah, oh, I just moved back from Scotland. I've oh. been living in Glasgow for no way. Know, the last few years. And he's, I've just, I'm just moving back to Drona now. He's like, can I get a photo with you? And That's like, crazy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but it ends up. So then he came to the studio the next day. We're going, he's taking me out for dinner next Thursday. That's crazy. And, oh, and he's just the most amazing. You know what his name is? Ernest. Ernest. That's, that's incredible. Are you okay? Were you both okay? You're obviously both okay, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, okay. No, I, I'm, my knee's a bit bashed up, so I had to go get an MRI today. So that's put me on a back foot for everything. So I kind of, cause I went down so hard. Like, my whole left side is messed up. <laughs> I, I spent the last two days at doctors and hospitals and clinics and got an MRI today because my uh, knee's just like completely screwed up. Uh, but, it's a bit, um, the, but yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit like when I played, I, uh, with my mate Johnny, I played wall ball. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> down here in Lewisham, hobbled back. It was terrible. Yeah, never learned. But, we yeah, never learned. But I tell you, the, yeah, and the lesson is, it, I kind of just realised that I'm 45 and I haven't ridden yeah. a race bike in a while, and <laughs> I probably shouldn't go try to go fast around corners because <laughs> I'll crash. All right, but yeah. So that's what I'm doing. All right. All well, right. listen. From 45 to 17, those were the thoughts of David Miller. Here are the thoughts of Evan Burgess. <laughs> Hi Ned and David, I spent my childhood riding and racing bikes, but have since straight studied at a boarding school, Atlantic College in South Wales. There's a sixth form college with over 80 nationalities represented, part of a global movement of schools named UWC. 
My first exposure to cycling came through stumbling onto a mountain bike track with Dad at seven years old. Two years later, we entered a bike shop to fix a gammy brake cable on a family camping holiday in darkest mid-Wales. High up in the shop was a mid-2000s Persia road bike. Possibly born out of boredom, a wanting to find something to do, or a feeling that I deserved something. I wanted it. The owner, happy to sell it, reported that it was exactly my size. Probably due to the fact that it was less than 50 quid, my parents bought it. That was the start of my love affair with the road. I joined a local mountain bike club and began racing local races. I never won anything and remember tears welling in my eyes after a crash. It didn't put me off. I was racing against and in the same club as a rider much better than I. This morning he was selected to ride for Great Britain at the Junior World Cyclocross Championships in Fayetteville, Nathan Smith. He was one of the best in a series that produced two other Welsh champions. He has turned out to be the best junior men's cyclocross racer in the country and finished third in the Junior Men's Cyclocross World Cup. Three years after buying the road bike and joining my local club, I did a time trial on the final few hundred metres of the first stage of that year's Tour of Britain, finishing third. Later that day, my eyes filled with tears again, as Elia Viviani rode straight past me at a walking pace in the car park, as I shouted, hoping for an autograph. he just won the stage and was on his way to his team bus. A year later, I sprinted onto the wheel of a wonder kid, overlapping me, who'd won the Tour of Sweden, aged 12. Trying to hold the wheel, I felt like I was on a roller coaster. That was the Welsh Circuit Race Championships, and that rider went on to finish second in the 2021 Junior Men's Time Trial Championships, and featured in a breakaway in the road race. His name was Josh Tarling. Everyone knew it. He's since won almost every junior race available, and two years later, he lapped me again on a solo breakaway on the final stage of a scorching junior tour of London. I finished 50th on GC. He finished first, having taken the jersey on the final stage in a brazen breakaway. 2018 was a great summer of cycling. My teammate beat Josh in a sprint for the Welsh title. Sadly, he did fall by the wayside. The Youth Tour of London was my first experience racing against the nation's best. I was nervous. The vomit I put on the pavement proved that. But I loved it, even when I ended up way off the back. A week later, I took part in the British Championships, another savagely hot affair on the brutal Oliver's Mount course. I now finished in 30th, thrilled on the parched field in Scarborough. Later that summer, I snapped pictures of Sagan at the prologue of the Welter in Malaga. Seeing Dan Martin cross the line felt like watching a gladiator. Cramming into the plaza to watch Quintana cross the line was a thrill. And to top it all off, Gegeint won the tour. Amazing. Speaking of Gegeint, he sent me a lovely video message following a life-threatening road traffic accident I had in 2017. In early March, I collided with a minibus, breaking nine bones, including my skull, spine, collarbones and femur. Following a three-day coma, I woke to the video message from Gegeint, wishing me a quick recovery from a dingy hotel room somewhere in Italy. There was never any doubt in my mind that I'd get back on my bike, and five months after the accident, I was able to return to normality. 2019 didn't go to plan, as Finley Pickering, who was also active in last year's Junior World Road Race Championship, destroyed the whole field, including the only rider who could follow his wheel at the two-day national event in Pembrey. I also felt somewhat destroyed, having trained for months, only to be dropped immediately. Finishing second to last on the TT after a performance I was pleased with was a kick in the teeth, 
and I returned to tears after an hour's race that saw me immediately off the back. Later on in the year, I returned to hill climbs and won the Welsh Junior Hill Climb Championships up in a cloud on the tumble in South Wales. It felt like salvation, joy. It was the execution of a plan. After a great winter of cross, 2020 got off to a cracking start too. I could hang with the boys in races, and that was all that I wanted. The season ended with a bang in March. Me hopping over a rider who was tumbling to the ground, my best friend slapping his bike in the very same crash. Youth racing came to an end, arm in arm with my best friend, a broken specialised hanging by our side and our mum's coats on her back with a DNF. The lack of racing affected my motivation, and towards the back end of the year, the bike stayed in the shed more and more, and eventually training stopped being a part of my life. At the beginning of 2021, enough was enough. Cycling was part of my identity, and training made me a better friend, student and person. I got back on Zwift, back on the road, and back on track. In the summer, I started my first and only road race around the infamous Pimbo Circuit in northwest England. Being back in the peloton, back in the thick of it, and back in control was a pleasure, and I cruised out the rest of the summer just riding for fun. A childhood on bikes teaches you a lot. I wouldn't have had it any other way. It teaches you to suffer, to feel the burn, to feel the limits of your body and enjoy it. It gives you perspective. What's the math homework when you've got to do five minutes at four watts per kilo? You're absolute max effort. Training gives you important discipline. You force yourself to do the work because you know you'll see the benefit. Beyond that, it gives you a healthy focus and good reasons to live healthy habits I hope to continue. But above all that, mild childhood on bikes was fun. For all the pain, suffering, frustration, blood, tears, freezing rides, terrible weather and hospital visits, we laughed, bonded, smiled, grew, supported and loved each other. It was the best of times and I'm so incredibly grateful for everything I got from the bike. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 